Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome again, everybody, to the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. And uh, we come to you every week. Uh, we are a tech company called JSL Solutions, and we provide all sorts of products, don't we, Steve? We provide things for ministries, uh, uh, live streaming, uh, websites, church management, and mobile apps as well. Uh, the website is streamingchurch.tv. The mobile apps are churchapplive.com. And uh, church management and all that stuff, website templates, would be myflock.com. We also have a thing called greeter.church, which is our fourth product. And that's a, it's a live greeter you can have on your church website. Yes. People brand can, new. Brand new. People can come. All right. But yeah. enough about us. Uh, we have a special guest today. Her name is Dana Byers. And Dana is a blogger and, uh, and a productivity coach. And she's... Uh, She's uh, actually done everything from being a stay-at-home mom to uh, a speaker at leadership events. She's uh, traveled Europe, uh, you know, places like England, uh, South Africa, Ireland, and she was a, a former church online pastor at Life Church. Uh, Dana, thanks for being our guest today. Thanks, Phil. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're glad to have you, and I think yeah. the last time we talked was, what, about five, six years ago, I think. Yeah, that's our yeah. The other credential is you're a former guest of ours. That's right. We were doing... Yeah, it's been kind of slow. <laughs> we were doing... Uh, we, we actually, at that point, we were doing a live streaming kind of a... Uh, we didn't call it a podcast back then, but we were doing live streaming. We actually jimmy-rigged some, yeah. some setup on Skype and had you on live and had your video and everything. So we appreciate it. Now, you... You've uh, that's been a number of years ago, but uh, you've been all over the place since then. You've been in a variety of states. I, you're, I think you're my Facebook mm-hmm. friend, and so yes. I can keep track of your travels. But you've been all over the place, uh, <laughs> and yeah. you, uh, you've got you've, you. How many kids do you have? A couple kids, right? Yeah, I have two kids. I have two middle schoolers. It's a very fun age. Yes. Their sense of humor is matched by their understanding of all the things going on in the world. It's just, it's so refreshing. The conversations are especially rewarding at this age, I would say. So I love it. It's really fun. Well, I uh, I think uh, I can speak from experience with one, and Steve has raised four boys. Yes, they're all way wow. past the middle school age, but it seems like it was yesterday. All right. <laughs> all right well. It's fine by. So you've you've got a lot you you have a kind of a technology background and we we might talk a little bit about tech today but uh, I want to talk about you've got a, a an ebook out called Become Your Own Personal Assistant How to Hack Your Task List Once and for All to Achieve a Calmer Life Notice my emphasis on calmer uh, <laughs> So. Uh, how did you, you've been doing, and you've been blogging, I think, on a lot of this material for a number of years now. Uh, yes. You know, things like productivity and those things. How did you decide to kind of get start, you know, starting to blog on this particular topic? Well, I realized back in 2005, 2006, uh, when our family, we were in the middle of the process of adopting our daughter internationally. And there's nothing like an international adoption to force you to really remain organized 
while the rest of your life is going on. You know, you've still got all these other things happening, but you've got paperwork deadlines, fees, you've got calls to juggle, a variety of things. I think few people really understand how engrossing that process can be. And so I was blogging about it, particularly because our family, uh, my husband and I, were very passionate about adopting, but not um, taking on debt to do that. So we had cash to put towards it, but we invited other people to help us through that process. And it was a really beautiful story of how God provided for our family. There were about 60 families who came together to help us uh, with that adoption. And so to this day, my daughter's been home nearly 10 years, but she knows that there's this list of incredible people who have um, blessed our family really forever and uh, changed the, the, the pattern in the course of the, the path that her life was on. And so as I was blogging about that to show our experience, I would start getting responses from people like, oh, my goodness, you know, we would love to adopt, but we don't know how to handle paperwork. Well, once the adoption was all said and done, uh, we ended up uh, moving to England. And the process of moving overseas and trying to get a visa and do all of these things had very similar undertones mm-hmm. to the international adoption. And I would get responses. I would get messages, not typically on the blog, but kind of behind the scenes. You know, a Facebook message, an email, a text from people saying, can you help us? We don't know how to do this. And I realized there are plenty of people who uh, maybe their dreams or the things they feel they're called to do are threatened because the process that's required all that red tape is just overwhelming. And I know what that feels like. I, um, While I can be pretty organized, I certainly struggle with staying focused sometimes. Um, oh, here's a great example. Uh, you know, I thought we were recording this, uh, this podcast at a different time. So, I mean, these things happen. I'm not always on top of my game. And I just thought the, the opportunity to share on the blog about how I try to hack things in my everyday life, those things that have to be done. You know, we all have things that we don't really want to do, but they have to get done. If I don't pay the water bill, I'm going to be in trouble some morning when I need to take a shower. You know, there are all those things we have to do um, in order to live the life that we believe we're called to live. And so the book came out of years of experience of um, being imperfect at getting those things done, but continually hacking my approach um, to try to make our life and our home as calm as can be, even though there are everyday things that come up. And that idea seems to really resonate with a lot of the people, particularly those who've been part of this, this blog community at DanaBuyers.com for some years, who said, yes, it's kind of a natural fit. This is what you help us do. And even um, opportunities I've had to work at other places, that's kind of been what I get to bring to the team. Uh, coaching people through how can we um, help their schedule, how can we sort out their schedule so that it doesn't feel that it's tackling them to the ground. <laughs> and instead, they can they can be in charge of their schedule um, and really filter through that list of things so that they not only feel productive, but they're able to have margin in their time to do the things that are most important to them. And that's what's exciting about thinking about helping people be more productive. So is there a is there a favorite hack that you have or uh, do you have a, a quick example or of how someone might be able to apply some of the things you had in the well, book? And, and let me jump in here, too. In your book, you talk about living hacks. Can you just explain that term, living hacks, as well yeah. as what Steve's question was? Sure, sure. Well, I'm really referring to, like, simple living hacks. Those are kind of the things that, um, you know, I consider myself a minimalist. 
Um, not in the sense that if, if you came to my home, it's not all bare walls and we don't own anything. And I don't live, you know, in a 200 square foot cabin. But I do, um, we, we really try to intentionally um, not own more than we need and make sure the things we have have a, an actual value so that we aren't buried in clutter, um, so that we're not giving ourselves too many decisions to make every day. Um, it's sad to watch a person maybe struggle with just trying to decide, okay, I've only been up an hour, and I, now I have to make a decision about what am I going to wear today. And if they're frustrated before they even leave the house because they've made so many decisions, um, I think a, a more minimalist approach to a variety of things in their lives would be very helpful to them. Yeah, um, so, simple living, so simple living hacks would be owning less, um, being very intentional about what you allow onto your calendar, uh, being able to say no, um, being kind of in control of what, um, for, for my purposes as a stay-at-home mom and a blogger, being in charge of what our menu looks like at home and, and not, you know, and monitoring that budget, things like that. Um, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, well I, I forgot I haven't answered the question yet about a favorite hack. Do you want me to do that? or? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. we got plenty okay. of questions, so um, Justin, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> great. Well, one of my favorite um, things to do that is something that we I've been crafting over the years, depending on where we live, I have to function within this approach a little bit differently based on what services are available. But I'm really big on um, grocery delivery because it's it, – I think that the time that's spent in a grocery store, as well as if you do it with kids or if you do that when you're hungry, you might be spending a lot more extra money than you would on a delivery fee. And you always know exactly what you have and the menu is sorted in advance. So I put together a system that I explain on the blog and mention in the book about um, how I typically just go to the grocery twice a month. And that's really been very freeing and helpful uh, for myself and my family as well. Um, and so that's one thing that has I realized I was spending a lot of time doing that made me feel like I was kind of a slave to the grocery store. <laughs> so you got to get organized to be able to do that, though, right? That's yeah. <laughs> yes, that's impressive. So, do you feel like and and you you've been obviously you've been in ministry for a long time. Steve and I have been involved in ministry. Uh, do you feel like people that are involved in ministry? I know it's a kind of a general question here, but I mean. It seems like they're just all over the map, especially if you're really one of these people that that's a go-getter. So you're trying to build your church, you're trying to help volunteers, you're trying to, to serve your own church, either if you're on staff or maybe if even if you're just a volunteer. I mean, uh, it's been my experience that, that people involved in ministry, especially pastors, uh, if they're not careful, they're, they're in danger of really burning out. Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. Yes, and I've experienced that uh, personally as a volunteer, as a staff member, and not because, uh, but because of myself, because of choices I made. I think it's so interesting. We can love what we do so much that we forget to care for ourselves, and that's why in this book, Become Your Own Personal Assistant, I talk about at the end the importance of self-care. There are 17 suggestions for ways to care for yourself because the fact is I believe the message or maybe the the issue behind the desire for a person when they download this book, when they see it and say, okay, that might be for me. There are plenty of solutions available, 
But at the end of the book, it's like, wait a second, we need to talk for a second about why I think you really wanted this book, and that's because you need to take care of yourself. And going to the grocery store just twice a month isn't necessarily the best way to take care of yourself. We want you to do those things or whatever these hacks that you choose to do are. We want you to do those. But there are other areas that you might need to create boundaries for in your life that I might need to create boundaries for in my life so that I am the most um, engaged volunteer I can be. You know, before I be, before the season where I um, was hired to be a pastor at Life Church, which was a phenomenal season, before I was doing that, I was a volunteer at Life Church for um, almost 10 years. And I loved it, and it was so refreshing and rewarding to me. But there's no way that I was serving well and able to minister to other people if I wasn't sir if I wasn't taking care of myself. I have a friend who said that well this way. He says, you know, you want to serve out of the overflow. If there's nothing in your bucket, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not. A, you don't have right. any overflow right. to help the other people with that you're called to minister to. And that really um, was so helpful for me to learn that as a volunteer and to really try to put that into practice every day, time and time again, because every season brought new challenges uh, in ministry and even now in my life. And, you know, just that coaching question of uh, how am I taking care of myself is something that um, sometimes brings me to my knees because I realize maybe I'm taking care of all the tasks so on the surface level, it seems like I have it together, and maybe I am, you know, I'm in God's Word every day, I'm praying, but we still have to ask that hard question, because our ministry is limited by the the energy that we have available to pour into others. So when Steve mentioned, you know, you talked about ordering groceries, you know, and having them delivered, and Steve said, wow, you got to be organized for that. Do you think when it comes to people's ability to manage their time and time management. I mean, it seems like I see people that seem to be able to do it better or easier than others. Is that it has, does it have to do with their personality or is it, or is it developed habits? Uh, what's well, your thoughts? Yes and yes. <laughs> you know, I, I love um, the leadership styles, the personality types, all those things. I really enjoy learning about those, and I'm pretty familiar with mine. But I will say that um, growing up as a child and in, well into my early adult years, I was not an organized person. And I lived among clutter. I just, you know, I, I struggled to get things done on time. And maybe I, I, I think I would say I was a self-starter, but I was, certainly wasn't a finisher. And over time, I had to, you know, I had some hard knocks, just like we all do in life, and I started to realize, wait a second, if I would just be 5% more assertive, I would be able to say, here's what I really need, or this would be helpful for me, or to coach other people I was interacting with to be able to let me know so that we had a better outcome. And while I do think we have natural tendencies, some of those things are definitely habits. Um, For me, I had to learn over the years I took a few failed attempts at using Evernote, which is my preferred tool, which I, I mentioned in the book. took a few failed attempts of um, finding a system that was going to work there to really land in such a way that now it's just a natural rhythm in my life to get those things into Evernote, to have those reminders, to have things sorted so that um, I, you know, Dana in the future 
is aware of what Dana in the past once needed done. <laughs> and I can help myself out that way. Um, and, it, and, you know, it's just sort of shoring up the weaknesses that we have so that I can operate out of my strengths. I don't have to really grow my weaknesses to be as strong as my strengths, but I need to make sure that they're accounted for so that when I am using my gifts, the ones that God gave me that I feel I'm both, you know, I'm most meant to use, then I'm not being hindered by um, those things that are a little bit harder for me to manage. We're talking to Dana Byers, and uh, she's got the book out called uh, Become Your Own Personal Assistant, How to Hack Your Task List Once and for all to achieve a calmer life. And you can, uh, people can go to DanaByers.com, and it's D-A-N-A-B-Y-E-R-S.com. Did I get that right, Dana? Yes, you did. All right, good. Uh, so, go so, ahead, Steve. So, Dana, you made a, I was reading through the, the beginning of the book, and you make a point about, you know, my life is harried. I, I, what I need is a personal assistant. And wait, so what would I have that personal assistant do? And you go, wait, I'm going to be that personal assistant. So the book's kind of geared around... <laughs> You know, the, uh, if I'm my personal assistant, what do I need to do? And, and that, that quote reminded me of um, another one that uh, actually Dave Ramsey use, uses about managing your personal finances. If you hired you to manage your finances, mm-hmm. would you mm-hmm. fire you? And, <laughs> and, you know, for a lot of people, it would, you would say, yes, if I had hired that person to do that. So this kind of ties into just how to be some tips and tricks for how to be more effective um, as in ministry, as a mom and work and all that, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, yes, absolutely. You mentioned, uh, yeah. you mentioned Evernote, uh, which uh, kind of plays into technology a little bit here. I mean, technology today, I don't know. They call it new technology, I guess, today. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think technology can be an answer, or do you think it's more of a problem when it comes to a calmer, simpler life? Well, the wonderful thing about technology is, contrary to popular belief, it does not control us. Uh, I made a decision to answer my phone when it rings today. I can make a decision to not answer the phone <laughs> when it rings if I want, if I don't want to. Um, I think it's quite helpful, particularly for the, the passion I had for the decade I was involved in church online at Life Church. The ability to reach people who had never heard the gospel in other countries and other nations was worth using technology through and through and through. And I would just support it all day long in a heartbeat. And of course you run into to issues there, but I think that it was such a powerful way that it was very difficult for me to change my opinion on that. The ability to, when I've lived in other states or countries, to, you know, um, see a loved one's face by FaceTiming them or being on Skype with them is a phenomenal thing um, that is a great support to living life in, it, you know, in, in current day. The, there are plenty of problems with technology. As a mom of middle schoolers, I'm very aware of that. We have a pretty um, solid plan on how we're trying to be very intentional about engaging and being very aware of where our children are online, what they're doing online, as well as limiting their exposure to things and limiting the amount of time they have, um, not just online, but even on video games. But um, I'm not about to prevent them from having access to technology by any stretch of the imagination. So you're all about putting some boundaries on it and uh, just making sure sure that, like anything else in life, 
Moderation is is the key. So yeah, so yeah. Had- we, so we limit we limit the time, and then we also receive, um, you know, uh, notification by email. My husband and I do of what's happening on all the devices in our homes, and our children are not able to surf the internet on their devices. They're able to on a public family laptop um, in our kitchen area. And for this, you know, for for this season in life, that's working quite well for us, and, and I'm I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a policy that we implemented at our home as well. There were no computers in the bedrooms and that sort of thing, so having it uh, all out in the open is, I think, a, a good approach for the, the youngsters. Yeah. So you had yeah. mentioned earlier about Evernote, and I'm an Evernote user. What uh, I'm interested to hear, what how should I be using Evernote? Well, you know, my favorite, favorite thing that has helped me immensely over ever uh, over the years in using Evernote is really just um, one thing that I do. I mention it in the book. I There's a link to a blog post that shares more in detail how I do it. I've done it for a long time, and I call it tracking strong moments. Um, a, it wasn't until I just shared it kind of in a, a think tank meeting one day in passing, a couple people stopped me afterwards and said, I need to know how to do that. I really need that. And thought, oh, gosh, I'm going to be sharing this more because I kind of stumbled upon it. And the whole practice was to any time I, um, you know, I might receive a handwritten card from a, a person whose uh, opinion or insight I greatly value. It might be a piece of artwork from my child. It could be, um, you know, a, a race I, or a medal I won running a race, whatever it is. I take a picture of it and email it to my Evernote address and tag it strong moments. And I have this strong moments folder. And when I come across a hard day, which happens to all of us, I just scroll through that and I'm so encouraged. You know, I'm, I think of how we need to always remember God's promises to us but it, in his word, but we also need to actively keep in front of us all the things he's already done. And when I look at that, as that's developed and grown over the years, it's now been parsed into different seasons of my life, you know, different places I've worked, um, different cities I've lived in, different seasons for my children, their ages, and um, it has been incredibly powerful to me. It's developed my faith in a great way, and it's also encouraged me when I'm in the middle of something God's called me to and I'm discouraged. It has really motivated me in a way that nothing else has. So while it's not a particularly special way to use Evernote, it has made such a significant difference that that in and of itself is what helped tether me to keeping use that tool um, in the way that I do today. That's cool. That's yeah, really cool. That is really neat. That's a good deal. All right, so we got a couple minutes left here. Let me uh, let me throw a curveball to you here. Um, okay. What what are maybe. And if, if you can't give me three, that's okay. But but I've got a little question I typed out here for you. What are three things people can do right away to try to get on track to to having a more simpler, calmer life? Mm. If you were to give somebody, and if you can't give them, give us three. I you know I I kind of three off here. And but if you can give me maybe, you know, where can people start? What what's the starting point to to getting on track? You know, to getting more simpler and calmer. Well, if we're talking to, um, I, I'm guessing I'm, this, this could be a suggestion for anyone, but particularly 
um, a woman, whether I had to do this a few times, whether I was working full-time or stay-at-home mom, doesn't matter. Um, if I felt overwhelmed, I would just kind of do, we would do what we have, what we call a refrigerator clear-out. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's always, there's this tendency in me, I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, I have friends who've said this, the tendency is, oh, I'll just go out and buy more groceries and they don't know what to make. <laughs> the fact is, most of, us, most of us in the West have great food readily available in our pantries and our fridges and our freezers. If we would just eat that food, <laughs> not add to it, but use what we already have, um, it's we're not spending more money, we're not going out rushing around at the store trying to buy things, we're just using what's already there and having a calmer evening at home. So that's one thing that is a nice little reset button that our family does on occasion. The last time we did that, um, it worked so well that the next morning my son got up and said, I feel like we were robbed last night. We ate <laughs> all the, you know, we cleared out the fridge, we cleared out the pantry, we did such a good job of it, it looks like someone stole our food. Um, Another thing that's very helpful is if there's a particular room that just feels overwhelmed in a home, I, I um, have something I provide clients called a calm room consultation. And that's really just the idea of um, it's usually a family room. And so something that's very helpful for the dad or mom or the kids is to just kind of sit in that room and say, what feels overwhelming? You know, what doesn't belong in here? And as a family, to just take maybe 15, 20 minutes either return things back to their home, and if they don't have a home, identify it for them, but to let that family room be an environment where you can relax, play a game together, whatever it is you're doing, where you don't feel overwhelmed because there are things they're asking you to take care of them. Just move it, removing them from that environment is very helpful. Um, and let's see. I was trying to think. I had a couple of things that came to mind. Let's see what else might be good. I do that with my office every once in a while. I go yeah. through my office and reorganize it. It helps helps me get a calmer, simpler. Yeah. I was relating to a comment you made earlier that I scratch my head at with my uh, with my wife sometimes. Is you're, a lot of what you're talking about is just adding some margin to your life. And mm-hmm. we, have, we have neighbors that um, have garages completely filled with things. I'm probably going to offend a bunch of people. You're, you're offending <laughs> me. You're offending me right now. Yeah. And I'm thinking. They can't put any cars in the garage. It's like, what can be so important that you want to hold on to it, but it doesn't work. It's not worthy of coming in the house, but it fills a three-car garage. I said, yeah. that's, to me, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just that that way. I would say, this stuff needs to either go or or, or come into the house. So, yes. And it's yeah. just all about margin. I, I tend to think that myself too when I when I see that, but but I've been in that position before, and I just wasn't aware I was kind of buried under so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, to answer your question, Phil, I think a third thing would be sometimes in life we get to a point where we just feel frazzled, and maybe we don't know why. And I talked to someone about this in a coaching call recently, and just said, you know, I just want you to stop and ask yourself. What am I using to distract myself from this feeling? Mm-hmm. It might be potato chips. It might be, um, for me, I love playing Skipbo on my phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's a true confession. You know, we, we, do, we have these little things we do. Maybe it's getting on social media and just going through all those accounts and looking at updates mindlessly. Or maybe it's something even more detrimental. Whatever it is, first identify the distractions. 
And the next time you go to that distraction, stop yourself and then be mindful of what am I trying, what am I running from? Why do I want to go shopping, you know, when I really need to stop and deal with Mm -hmm. this issue at hand? And I think we're so crafty as humans to think, oh, this is just my hobby. I could just play skittle every night, and that's all I need to do. Well, maybe I just need to be mindful of that distraction and stop that, and then let the Holy Spirit show me what it is that... I'm avoiding that I just haven't yet taken the time to recognize or acknowledge. And that's a really important thing that I didn't even mention in the book. The book is just very practical. But these are things that come up more in coaching conversations to help a person um, not lose days, weeks, months, or years of their lives in a habit that's actually a distraction from something that they could break free from. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right, so we're out of time. The book is called Become Your Own Personal Assistant, How to Hack Your Task List Once and for All to Achieve a Calmer Life. You can go to DanaBuyers.com, and Dana, as she mentioned there, does coaching, does some consulting. You do a lot of things, and uh, we, we sure appreciate you just spending a little bit of time with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, guys. I loved being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, folks, if you want to give us a little feedback on this podcast, uh, you can just send us an email, support at streamingchurch.tv. We have lots of emails and lots of websites, but uh, that will suffice. Support at streamingchurch.tv. And, again, our, uh, our thanks to Dana. And we're out of time. So thanks, Steve, for being with us today. You're welcome. I'm there glad to be here. Thank yeah. you, Dana. Yeah, and uh, yeah, thank you, Steve. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. All right, well, we'll uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. You've got a lot of material and a lot of good stuff, and I think it will help a lot of people. And, and you know, especially it will helps anybody, but especially those as we target our little podcast here for people involved in ministry and and those sure. kind of things. It can be really overwhelming at time. So at uh, time, so this will really help. So again, thanks a lot, and thank you, folks, for listening. We will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Take care.